video is so funny man <laughs> that guy's about to turn into the hulk <laughs> like he's legit about to turn into the hulk he was so like fucking ass. i don't want to see what is going on <laughs> purgatory for laughing at this. dude what a great video man i like oh. people don't realize like throughout the week we're con i'm constantly like sending you stuff and it's just like what do you think of this one what do you think of this one when i sent that one we were both like my ribs hurt from watching that one it was great apparently that's that's an older one but i had never yeah. seen it before yeah it's, i've seen it. It, it i saw it i didn't realize it was the same one but i've seen you know like i've seen people do that prank before maybe it wasn't the same one like i've seen like like co college students doing it to their buddies you know when, they, yeah. when their when their friends are in the shower and stuff oh man what was uh what was your what was your week like since we last spoke oh, wait, um, you know what Wait, wait, before that, we're back. This is our first live show on YouTube. For a while, yeah. And in, in two weeks. Um, we're we're going to probably, I mean, I didn't even talk to you about this yet, but I was thinking, like, maybe we do Tuesdays on YouTube and Thursdays on Rumble just to grow the Rumble well, channel a little bit. It is. We're broadcasting live on Rumble right now. Yeah, I know, but if we force everyone like to that? go over there... It's like because most people are gonna watch on here because of the comments. Like you can't really comment if we're gonna be on Rumble. We'll we'll do what we did last time. We'll bring the comments up on the screen and everybody will yeah. engage with us over there. But people that are watching on Rumble right now aren't really engaging with us. Um, yeah. So I I I find. Oh yeah. What 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 did you do? Let me let me let's get to that because. Well, uh, so we our YouTube account is now synced up with Rumble. It might take a few weeks, but all of our videos are gonna sync over there. Um, and then just for the heck of it, I checked out Odyssey and syncing up YouTube there was super easy. So most of most or all of our videos should be available right now on Odyssey too. So um Molly, where do you think we should go? Like what's our best option? Because if we get the boot over here again, we're gonna have to go somewhere. Um and Samantha, yeah, we we would do that all the time. Like we would get in this. Oh man, I remember one time we like took the hose into the bathroom while <laughs> my brother was in there, and like we were squirting the actual ice cold hose on him while he was in the oh, shower. He was ooh. freaking out. We did a lot of awful things to each other as kids, <laughs> but hilarious. Yeah, let's, let's see. Rumble is lame. Um, the Rumble live chat is a lot harder to use, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, Rumble is is a good option, but YouTube is just much better. Yeah, definitely. You can't look. There's a reason everybody goes to YouTube. It's because it's the most intuitive. Everything works seamlessly. Yeah. But I think maybe since everything's going to go automatically to well, 
we'll broadcast live to Rumble because the live shows on Rumble do get a bigger audience. Yeah. Um, and then with both Rumble and Odyssey syncing automatically, like I think those channels will just grow slowly, naturally. And then if we do get the boot, then we're forced to to do it. And so yeah. so be it. Yeah, I would just like if we got the boot and we if we had like a little cushion over there, you know. But I'll tell you, when we had that one show over there, we wound up having you know, there's only 22 in here now. There was 50 in the Rumble live chat that day. So, you know, yeah, who knows? I th- I think everyone was excited because because we got the boot. It was maybe you know what I mean. <laughs> they, they wanted to come and check it out. So I've been dealing this whole week with my son's truck mm, so, insurance. So this truck was uh, it was worth about six grand. So in all in all honesty. My father-in-law built it. So there was, there was, my father-in-law owned a mechanic shop that he just sold. Actually, he doesn't own it anymore. Um, but while he still had it, he had, he had one Hummer, had a perfect motor and the Hummer itself was demolished. And then he had another Hummer with a body in the frame. Everything was perfect, but the motor was shot. So he switched the motor from, you know, the beat up one into the good one. He put a lot of time into this. The, the, the blue book value on the car was like seven grand, but we didn't pay anything for it. So when I went to insure it, um, I was like, okay, so what do they want for collision and full coverage? They wanted like five twenty a month because he's a seventeen year old driver, and because it's a Hummer, <laughs> you know, it's a Hummer. Mean, like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, he's got a Hummer. I'm like, if he if he drives more than ten months, I made my money. You know, like like if you go ten months, that's it. You spend fifty two hundred on insurance for the year. So I'm like, all he's got to do is make ten months, and then I'm in the green. And uh, how long did he make? Two months. Two. <laughs> he made two months. <laughs> I know everybody's like, well, uh, thank God he's all right. And of course, thank God my son's okay. Nobody was hurt. <laughs> I'm not getting a dollar for that truck, man. And not only that, I had to pay uh, 400 for the tow. And then the guy charged me $75 a day for storage. Mm. And I was fighting with the guy because he would only take cash. He wouldn't take my credit card over the phone. So he would only take cash every day I would get home and he would already leave the shop. And it was like, I'm like, I'm not paying you for another day. I was ready to fight this guy. You have no idea. <laughs> but I wanted to go in there to pay the guy. And one of the guys that worked at his shop was like, uh, you want to sell that? So instead of me having to pay somebody to tow it out of there, I wound up selling it to one of the guys at his shop. So I at least saved a little on that. But yeah, this has been a very draining couple of weeks. So my son's just saving every dollar he can now. And I told him, once June comes, if he's got a couple grand saved, we'll see what we can do. We'll help him out. We'll get him something. I may I may push the tip jar around June, guys. <laughs> Give me a little hand with this car because holy cow, it's expensive having teenagers. Man, and I, I don't know what it's like out by you, but like the used market around here, like it's insane. Four or five grand gets you something super old and 180,000 miles, you know? Yeah, you're getting like a Honda Accord, like a 2003 Honda Accord for five grand now. It's crazy. It's really nuts. Like, they're just, because people can't afford new cars, so the used car sales are just through the roof. It's crazy. Yeah. So we went went snowboarding this weekend. And it was just me and my girls. It was just me and my girls, so my my son didn't come because he's working nonstop (laughs) every dollar he can for a truck. So he was supposed to come with us, but he wanted to balance. It was just me, Nicole, Stella, and Sophia. And I had such a fun time with my daughters, man. Like, 
we went on, I, I posted a video, like we went on a hike through the woods in Vermont, but they just got clobbered with like two feet of snow. It was so much fun. We went and saw waterfalls, frozen waterfalls. But while we were skiing, I'm sitting, like we all go in for lunch and my brother Dom was there with his wife and kids when we went skiing. So we all go in for lunch. We come out and I'm waiting outside with a snowball in my hand, ready to go for when my wife walks out of the restaurant at the, you know, the lodge. I'm sitting there geared up ready to go. She comes out. I lob the snowball at her. It hits the woman next to her. Rob, when I tell you this woman screamed bloody murder, like it didn't even hurt her, but she was looking down at her phone. And when it hit her, it just shocked her so much. She screamed like, <laughs> like somebody was stabbing her. It was the most, I ran over. I'm like, I am so sorry. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She was just like, you know, you really, you just shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, you're right, ma'am. I'm so sorry. My wife was mortified. <laughs> she wanted to kill me. Uh, oh, and then and then I wrote a note in my phone saying like so because you, you got to remember this stuff you know like something yeah. happens you know, on on Thursday you're not gonna remember so I'm jotting a note in my in my notes and I'm like oh it's, you know stranger hitting stranger with a snowball and my wife looks up she goes who are you texting I'm like let's texting anybody I'm writing a note she goes what kind of note are you writing I'm like I'm just writing a note she goes are you writing a note about the snowball you just threw? I'm like, yeah. She's like, she was so disgusted with me. I'm like, why do you care? I'm like, I have to tell funny stories on the air. That was a funny one. It made me laugh. Yeah, yeah, so, when doesn't Nicole want to kill me? She, you want to know something, man? We gave up drinking for Lent. My wife. And you're still alive, huh? She's been she so bubbly and sweet, dude. Like the total opposite. Like mm. she's just been this like bubbly, sweet person. Like every day I come home, she's like humming when she's making dinner at home. It's I. It, I'm telling you, we. I think we're gonna stick with the no drinking thing. I I, I rarely drink. I mean, it's just I don't know. Well, I enjoy, if, you, I, if you drink a decent amount, like if you're going out on a weekend and you're drinking and you get anything more than like three drinks you don't realize it takes days to recover from that like it, you're especially at our age like at well, my age i'm older than you but like once you hit like around 40 it's like a hangover is and i'm not oh. even saying getting drunk just just having like four or five drinks the next day you just a mope you don't want to you don't want to do anything and then it takes until literally, like tuesday literally my 30th birthday i think i had four beers and I was hung over the next day. And it's been that way ever since. Like, I can have up to three now and have nothing, you know, nothing the next day. But if I get to four, even if I'm only just, you know, not even hardly buzzed that night, the yeah. next day I feel terrible. Well, well, what's funny, that's, that's because I have a three drink rule when we do the show, right? Like, I, because the, yeah. the one or two times I had more than that. I really like, I was so upset with myself. Like I, I, I wasn't a hundred percent. I said anything stupid on the air. So it was like, I really did set a three drink limit. Now, if I have three beers while I'm on the air with you, I could go to bed 10 o'clock, wake up the next day and I'm fine. But if I had that fourth, I'm yep. like a nightmare the next day. Hey, Paul, nothing, nothing happened to Spiritus. We still upload everything over there, but they don't have any live chat. Or live we're stream waiting. or live chat. 
Yeah, we're waiting on Spiritus to get their act together with the live chat stuff, and then we're going to try and put everyone over there. So, Molly says, four or five drinks and not being drunk, I can't imagine that. So, I mean, I weigh 225 pounds. So, I mean, you know, for first, I mean, Mrs. C is my wife's size. She, I think she's like 5'2 and, you know, 120 pounds or something. Like, of course, five drinks is going to knock you over. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, water in between drinks definitely does help. Um, did you see the uh, oh so all right so now do you remember in 2013 the carnival cruise poop cruise I think so yeah okay so all right <laughs> when you're when you're driving six hours to go to Vermont you got to find things to listen to you know I find a documentary on it, it's just called the poop cruise dude. This documentary is nuts. These people go on a carnival cruise. They get out there. They enjoy their whole trip. On the way back, they got two days left to the trip, and there's a fire in the engine room. Yeah. Everything shuts down. No power, nothing. They think they're going to get it done right away. You're now going on, like, 24 hours of no power. The boat is now <laughs> drifting because the, uh, because the anchor couldn't even be let down because the anchor is electric. So they had to actually like get like manual anchors out eventually. But so the boat's actually drifting off course. Now it's going out of the way. They were supposed to be home the next day. They wind up spending six or seven days, uh, six or seven days out on this cruise ship with no ability to flush toilets. Okay. (laughs) So not even, all right, listen, dude, you have no idea. So they hand everybody these little red garbage bags and they're like, okay, look, if you go number two, you got to do it in here and then just tie it up and leave it outside your door and we'll send somebody around to pick it up. If you got to go number one, just go in the shower and use the shower drain because you can't flush the toilet, but the shower drain will take it out. Now they say this, not realizing that even the shower drainage needs power. So at, now at the other, at the, the end of it, I'm sure. So it fills up with urine and now the boat, is rocking like this and the urine is coming up out of everybody's showers throughout the entire but rob the entire boat is saturated in urine so you don't know this about me but i have a very like queasy stomach when it comes to stuff like this like it's not even like it grosses me out it's just mm, triggers a gag reflex yeah you can't even handle it hearing about it dude mm. this boat I'm talking, every, you got to realize, now, a Carnival Cruise, they're the cheapest cruise you could get, pretty much. That Everything's l- lined with this, like, 80s carpet. It's just, like, everywhere you go, every room, every hallway, everything. Why are we listening to this, trying to eat dinner? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is a funny, funny thing I watched. So, listen, now they said nobody could sleep in their rooms because the room smells so bad. So they set up canopies out on the main deck. And they call it Tent City. They got, Dude, they have so much video of this because people are videoing everything. It's crazy. So they, they, <laughs> I tuned in at the perfect time. So, dude, now the news finds out that this is going on. And the news, every station, it's a 24-hour news cycle. They got helicopters hovering overhead to get as much sighting as they can. So the news is reporting it as the poop cruise from hell, which is kind of weird because that implies that there could be a poop cruise that's not from hell. Like, like, I don't understand what they're saying, but they are. Depends uh, what you're into, I suppose. I guess so. There are some strange ones. Uh, 
<laughs> just think how much worse this would be if Anthony was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, so so now they're um so the news is reporting it as this horrible thing. Now on the boat, what's crazy is the people on the boat come together. So like you would think it's pandemonium and mayhem. So the first day they realize this is happening, there's a three hour wait to get food. People are hoarding lucky charms and whatever they can because they know they're going to run oh, out of food. It, it's going to it's going to turn Lord of the Flies. Yeah, that's what so that's what they're terrified of, right? Ralph so, is going to get it. Dude, it's 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 wild. So the, so everybody's trying to hoard food and and all this and uh the the they have to like get everybody and like give people rations until a boat comes and supplies them with more food. Now once this boat supplies them with more food, the people on the boat don't have an, they have no idea that the news is covering this. Like they have no internet. They have no, there's no power. They're on the middle of the ocean. Nobody has uh, an internet connection. They have no idea. All they know is that there's a helicopter overhead. They don't know if it's a rescue helicopter. They don't know it's news channel four or CNN watching them. Now the people on the boat, after they get the supplies, the, the cruise announces, okay, look, everybody's going to be refunded completely. You're also going to get a free cruise and you're going to get $600. Now, once people have food, they know they're getting their money back. They're being reimbursed. They're getting a free cruise and 600 bucks. Now you have a party atmosphere. So they have an open bar and people are getting hammered. And it's mayhem at this point. <laughs> like, dude, you got to see this. They, they gave so a good. bunch of people without access to bathrooms, to bathrooms a bunch of alcohol. Bar. Open bar. So, like, there's fights breaking out. So they shut the bar down. They're like, okay, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Then, the, and then the next morning, they see the kids are all getting really restless. So, a lot of the parents organize all these games for the kids. There, there was a comedian on the boat that wasn't supposed to be on the boat. He goes and does a comedy show that night, and like he's yelling it on the because there's no power for the microphones or anything. But the people really did come together, and the news is reporting it like they were at each other's throats, ready to kill each other. It was a really fun. Funny documentary, man. I'm surprised no one, no one, because I'm sure they're out in international waters, right? Someone yeah. should have just taken the opportunity to take the boat over. <laughs> you know, just hide the captain now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm the, I'm the captain now. <laughs> the thing, the thing I, didn't go anywhere. It was just stuck. So, they, so now they get a tugboat. And they're going to have the tugboat bring them in. So the captain tells everybody, okay, guys, the tugboat's here. We're going to be in tomorrow. They were still four days away because of the current ripping the other. So there's, they thought they were going to be going like 25 knots. They were going like three knots, chugging back slowly, slowly. People are like, I could swim faster than this. What <laughs> <a nightmare. laughs> oh, man, that was, a, that was a good one. And then you know, uh, eating I'd like to watching say, a is a dangerous game. I'd like to say we have videos that we could do instead of this but we have a video that's almost a snuff film and a video that might be a snuff film so i don't know if those are any better lauren <laughs> let me see what our let me see what our options are how, how should we ease into this tonight so um uh, well yes. we could ask kenneth copeland to pray for us we have to get to this okay we have to get to this now i'm sure a lot of people saw this right like i mean this was during the, the height of COVID-19, Kenneth Copeland had a sermon where he was, uh, how should, how, what does he say? What is his, uh, from the office of the, of the, 
uh, of the prophet, uh, like uh, uh, the office of the apostle. I tell you, be gone, COVID-19. You have to see this video because my favorite thing is not Kenneth Copeland. It's his hype man. He's a hype man. And the hype oh, man next to him is going, be gone. Oh, be wait gone. a minute. Am I your hype man? <laughs> oh, I, you know, uh, if that's the case, I can't do this. I'm the hype man on this show. Who are you kidding? <laughs> Good um, <point. laughs> Craig says, play some Corey Feldman. That'll be prep enough. <laughs> All right. So we ready for right, this? Let's get into this. If you guys have not seen this, this is, this is going to be such a treat for you guys. <clears throat> I, I've heard about it a ton. Uh, because uh, Jeremiah mentions it all the time in his like modern enthusiasm series, but this, I've never watched it. No, this is amazing. Okay. Like this is here amazing. We, here we go. Hold on, I should probably take this down for now. Because we in have... the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. What's the standing in the office of the prophet of God? <laughs> I execute judgment on you, COVID nineteen. Oh, I execute. How can you judge a virus? Wait a minute, the hype man. You just watch the hype man. Be gone, be gone. Everything Kenneth Copeland says, the hype man just throws a little. He's like a hip hop, like like if you ever watch a rap, a hip hop show. He's a he's the backtrack. Yeah, he's well. You just got a you got a hype man, so that because when you when the, when hip hop artists are out performing, they're you know they're breathing so heavy that they need somebody else to throw those words in when they're catching their breath. So he's do judgment he's the, on you, Satan, you destroyer, you killer, you get out, you break your power, you get off this nation. I demand judgment on you. I demand. I demand. I demand. He doesn't even know what to do. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find a way to isolate just the hype man and the things he's saying because he's like, he, he, like he he knows he's supposed to say something, but he's not sure what. It's great. I might be able to do that with enough time, but I don't know. <laughs> One second. A vaccination to come immediately. Yes. Yeah, that worked out so well, guys. Thanks, Kevin so well. <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> Thanks, Kenneth Copeland. You hooked everybody up with an immediate vaccine. I call you done. I call you done. Gone. Doggone. Is he calling the virus Don or done? Well, I call Don COVID Don. So maybe okay. Kenneth Copeland knows Don. It's Don's fault. <laughs> it's Don's fault. Wait, hold on. I have something for that. You come down from your place of authority, destroyer. You come down and you crawl on your belly like God commanded you when he put his foot on your head. On your head. (laughs) You (laughs) would destroy through COVID-19. No more! No more. No, no more. more. No more. It no more. Is finished. Finished. Three years later, here we are. <laughs> so wait. This is the thing. Like Protestants do this, right? Like they'll they'll like like they they 
Because they can't do exorcisms, right? Like, I mean, well, he's not a priest, but like he could, he could by the authority of the prophet of God. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I have a, I have a hard time calling this even really Protestantism. Obviously, it comes from Protestantism, right? But like, yeah, of course, it's not even really any form of Christianity. Like, this is word of faith cult mumbo jumbo, you know, BS. Um. <laughs> I mean, they all think they're reading from the Word of God. How is I know, it but different? well, just how is it different from your typical non-denominational pastor? What are they? What are they preaching? They're not doing this stuff. I not not as well. I, maybe not quite to the same level, but like some of the stuff, like Copeland and the other Word of Faith people believe is like nuts. Like they think Adam and Eve could fly and go out in outer space and like swim and breathe underwater with the fishes. You don't think they could do that, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, he says infomercial. Yeah. It's televangelism, right? So I guess you'd have like uh Benny, uh, Benny Hinn, Benny Hinn. You'd have like, he would be in there. Joel Osteen. Right. But Joel yeah. Osteen's more just like positive thinking type. It, it's the same thing. It, they believe, like uh <laughs> it, like faith cat like faith is uh in like almost little faith capsules and like that's if you put enough faith in something like you have like power and I don't know. You'd have to watch Paleo Cat. It, it, it's really bananas how like how all right, so like the the, the Catholic teaching on our suffering un- being united to the cross of Christ is so much more like explanatory for like because when you read scripture as a protestant you're going and jesus is like well your faith has healed you well your faith has healed you well your faith has healed you so they hear that and they're like well if you're not healed obviously you don't have faith like that's really how they see it instead of Mm -hmm. having any understanding of redemptive suffering and joining your sufferings to the cross of christ yeah Caitlin says, I demand, I demand, I demand that train get back on the rails. Gird up your axles and get back on that track. Um, is there any more to that? I just back up a tiny bit so you can hear the hear the hype man go, be gone, be gone. On your head in the garden of the you will destroy through COVID-19. No more! No more. No more. It no more. Is finished. Finished. It is over. And the United States of America is healed and well. Thank you. Healed and well. That's it. But screw the rest of the world, apparently. Look. He 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 demands as the prophet of God. All right, so now I know everybody's seen the Christian cha cha cha. We gotta show it while we're the on what? This. The what? The Christian cha cha cha. No, it should have been right next to Copeland. Oh, I forgot. I'm sharing my video. Hold on. <laughs> should have been right next to Copeland. There. Uh, Did I not send? No, to there's you? there's a libs of TikTok. No, There's I got nothing else. Yeah, no, but I gotta send you the I gotta send you the the cha 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 dude. I thought I had one there. 
Let me see. No, I All didn't right, get a no. Christian cha cha cha. I'll send it to you. Hang on. <laughs> I have a video of Jason in 15 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's play the video of Jason in 15 years. <laughs> For the record, Jason, Anthony literally sent this with the caption video of Jason in 15 years. <laughs> it is. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. What is the world coming to? What is this? I don't know. All right, wait. It's coming to Hang on. Hang on. All right, we got the Christian cha-cha-cha. If you guys have never seen this, you guys have no idea what you're in store for right now. Let's see. Uh, are you sending to me or are you actually going to try to share it? No, I can't share anything. I'm terrible oh, at this stuff. I just go. sent it to you. You should have it. I've never uh, seen this, by the way. You've never seen this? No. Oh, it's amazing. Wait till you see it. This is great. Hey, y'all. This right here is the Bible Slide featuring the Freedom Band. And this time, we're about to get holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy, holy. Everybody clap your hands. Clap, 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 clap your hands. Clap, 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 clap your hands. All right, we about to have some spiritual milk. To the left. Take a step of faith. Pray once this time. On the devil, let's stomp. On temptation, let's stomp. Bible slide real smooth. Now praise and shout. <laughs> to the right. You guys not Take a step of faith. We'll talk Jump about out the boat. We'll talk about right trivia. Let's go. Uh, at the end Left of the foot, show. let's we go. We're doing trivia. Okay, that's enough of that. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, this. But I'm gonna. But I just sent you another video that I want you to play because don't think that these kind of cringy things are limited to the Christian world because we've all seen when celebrities decide they're going to sing. Let it be. Let it be. When I find myself in times of it's trouble, George Costanza. Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Why? Let it be. Let you see this random. Are we gonna get copyright stricken because of the song? Yeah, probably. Ricky Lake. Why Ricky Lake? Speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Like what? Let it be. Let it be. Let Who are some of these people? I know him. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's this? No, it's it's Norm. It's Norm from Cheers. Why is Norm from Cheers on here? So yeah, I was just trying to show that like don't think that the cringe is limited to the to the Christian world. There's a lot of cringe out there. Um, and you know, before, if we do get a copyright strike, it really just does everyone a favor because I'll just have to mute that part. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there, there's a lot of, there's one thing we got to go over because I do give the ladies a lot of crap for their driving. And uh, we, inst well, my boss installed these cameras in, my, in our vehicles. 
My driving <laughs> score is a 45. <laughs> it's not good. I'm ranked six out of the 11 drivers in the, the fleet. Um, so <laughs> this is, he installed these cameras that, when I tell you it's like having an HD camera in your face, if I touch my phone, an alarm goes off. If I do, like I get these alerts. Like if I, if, if I don't slow down fast enough, I get a fail to uh, uh, respond quick enough. So this is me on my cell phone. And probably texting me. Probably. And this is the alert I get. So see, you see, see him texting at the bottom. <laughs> you see me holding my phone at the bottom. <laughs> so yeah so now i have a cat so rob said to me the other day he goes um he goes wow it's amazing ever since you got that camera in the truck we hardly hear from you anymore I, it's <laughs> true during the day it used to be while i'm sitting at my desk it was ding 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 you know just messages from Non-stop now now i'll get one at six in the morning and one at five at night and that's about it yeah i can't play around on the on the on the phone at work anymore and then my uncle texts me constantly he's like you're on your phone again you're on your phone again i was like guy relax settle down you know what would be hilarious put put one of these get your uncle to give you one and put one in your vehicle at home and <laughs> record your wife driving <laughs> yo listen to me i'm getting one for my kid's car but all right so when when my uncle first put gps in our trucks he didn't tell us about it. Now there were it was this magnet thing that he stuck up under the wheel well, and it was just GPS, and he was able to see yeah. on our phone on his phone where we were. I found it on my truck. So we were at his house shoveling snow because when it snowed out, we would go to his house and shovel his driveway. I stuck my GPS on his car. Dude, he was bugging out. <laughs> Anthony, out. why are you always right? <laughs> Dude, he was bugging out. It's like, this freaking kid's not at my house. I don't get it. What's going on? Wherever Al went, the GPS went. <laughs> so he got he got wise to that. He wound up wiring it right through the thing. And now we have cameras. It's like, I, I told him, if there's a microphone in there, I'll be fired. If he ever heard the things <laughs> I say about him in that truck, if he ever heard half the things I say about him in that truck, I'd be fired. Oh, that's um, hilarious. All right, so we talked poop cruise. Uh unfortunately. Um, you want you know what we should play? The 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 father of seven babies with seven baby mamas. Oh boy. Let's just play this degenerate. And let's just see how far because th- I sent this to Rob with the uh title. Um oh no, no, that was actually no. What do you do this week? on a culture without Christ. Let's do that one first, because that's how this whole like title of the show started. Like I, I sent Rob a video and I go, Oh, look this week on a culture without Christ. And you just see mayhem in Queens. So this is in a, a Queens store. Uh, it's in Corona, which is right where my yard is where I drive every morning. And this is a Chinese owned business. And the, uh, what do you call them? Uh, what are, what does the news call them? Uh, a, a group Asians? of youths. A group of youths. <laughs> What's a ute? Let's see. For no like for no reason whatsoever. Uh, hold on, I should probably. And now what the fuck? Oh, 
Probably don't need video or audio on that. You don't even need the audio. And the thing is, so what they do is they form these mobs, basically. And they'll just decide, okay, that's the store that's getting. And now usually they'll hit like a convenience store that they could go and rob candy and things like that. But there's there's a lot of uh, Asian hate in certain communities and the, the like Asians catch a lot of flack from they're from they're lucky Indians. they did that in New York and not like in Koreatown in LA. They'd have Koreans up on the roofs taking pot shots at them. Yeah. They call what were they, they were rooftop Koreans, they were calling Roo- them. Yeah, rooftop Koreans, roof Koreans. Rooftop Korean. Where was that? That was in California? That was during the LA riots. Yeah. Because yeah, those riots happened right out right it, outside and inside Koreatown. So all the Korean store owners got up on their roofs with uh, with South Korean assault rifles and yeah, yeah, <laughs> laid down do the law no pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll go from that into the into the the guy with seven baby mamas. <clears throat> now, I hope I cut it off before he. I think I did. I think I cut it off before he curses. Uh, we'll, we'll put a language warning up. Just to be well, clear. no, I did. I I made sure I cut it off before he curses because he towards the end of the video he just drops a bunch of awful language but you could play it the, this is this is a the rough koreans guys you're not showing it wait oh i'm not showing it there we go <laughs> yeah rooftop koreans look how happy he is that guy has never been happier in his whole life yeah he gets to defend himself <laughs> pop okay. off a few a few rowdies let me uh <laughs> everybody loves this the video. rooftop koreans <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, this this guy's a degenerate. Oh, got to turn up the volume. Now, before you even play it, though, here's what I'm going to say. The guy's logic is spot on if it's, there's no if there's no God and what they say about a, abortion is true. It's which, consistent. It's logically consistent within itself. It's no different right? from a pro-abort woman's point of view. Yeah. That's just from you the male angle. Because I tell them, I was being irresponsible yet not wearing protection. But I always tell uh, these women that I got pregnant that I do not want to be a father to these children. And I offer to pay for the abortion. Majority of times, they'll either take the abortion or they'll take a plan B. But only these seven have kept these children. But the crazy thing about it is they want me to be responsible for some children I told them I did not want. So for some years now, some of them been trying to get in contact with me, access denied, because I I don't really know why you're trying to get in contact with me. I didn't told you I did not want them kids. So don't expect me to be responsible financially, emotional, spiritually, mentally, or physically with some kids. It is a strange thing that it's like there's such an emphasis on. Yeah, definitely, Margo. We're going to get into that. But there's such an emphasis on a woman's right to choose her own destiny. And if women don't have access to this, they'll put themselves in a position where they, you know, their career gets put on. We were talking about it a little bit the other day, just about how like abortion is legit human sacrifice, right? Like it's like yep. you're literally sacrificing a human being to improve your own circumstance. 
like whether it be because the child is handicapped or it be because you don't have the money for it and you want to do things for yourself. It's it's yeah. His logic is consistent. If women can abort on demand, father should be able to choose to not be a father. Now the, the like we can acknowledge that he's a POS because you know, like after your third one, what are you doing, bro? Like you haven't learned a lesson. You got, you got seven <laughs> kids out there. Like after your third, I, I would say before the first, but yeah, <laughs> you uh, think at least you know, after the third, after the third, you think he would have went, all right, this is, this is not working out for me. Now, the way he's talking is as if many of the other women took his advice. Well, he, he said only the seven. Only that means the there's seven. probably at least twice that number that aborted, which is just so insane, man. It really is like. You just like well, you they, just think about they figure a third of our generation, millennials, you and me, a third of our generation was lost to abortion. That's gotta be fifty percent now of Gen Z. That's crazy, man. Bro, you want you, you ever catch any of those clips of the whatever podcast where like the guy gets like gets a group of like uh pretty college girls in there and they're all dressed like hooches, and he just asks them like basic questions and stuff and like He'll ask the girl, like, oh, do you think a guy should pay for the first date? And she's like, oh, yeah, he should pay for it. Oh, do you believe in equality of the sexes? Yeah, well, how do you square that? <laughs> you think the sexes should be equal, but then you want to have these traditional roles. You want the men to play these traditional roles. Well, like, and none of them can ever answer it. And it's like so many, including men, are just victims to feminism, dude. Like, it has oh, yeah. rotted everyone's brain. I actually caught a clip of... um. It was Gavin McInnes on Fox News from years ago. He was on with Hannity, and there was a woman on with him, and she was so mad at him because he said women would be happier if they were home with children instead of out in the work. They were talking about the gender pay gap, and she's like, she's like, you said women would be happier if they were at home. He goes, they would be. She goes, well, what about me? I'm working. He goes, you'd be happier at home having kids. He goes, you really think you're better off sitting here with me than going home to some little kid going, mommy, mommy, mommy. It's like every one of us, including myself, well, have just been so rotted by this it, ideology. It's um, it's one of those things in that, that tweet I sent you that we were probably actually going to discuss next week. Um, oh, yeah. You can bring the tweet up because I actually spoke to the, the guy who wrote it, and he has a, a thing called foundational fatherhood, I think. Yeah. Um, it, it, or it was just a list of foundation, every, foundation father. Yeah. Fo- foundation father. It was just a list of things that everyone should say to their daughter. And then there was another one that every, every father should say to his son. Um, so go, let's go through the daughter one. Um, I can't really see it too well. Okay, okay so. I can read. So you are beautiful. If a girl doesn't think she is beautiful, the father is to blame. A girl craves male attention and validation. She seeks it out. She desires it most from her father. A good father will provi- provide that attention and validation. Number yeah, two. Okay. Well, let, let's let's stop with each one and let's just go through. Okay. It. So, um, that is so beyond important. Right. Like everything he's saying there is 100 percent accurate. So um, before uh, Joseph um, Shiambra left the church and went to orthodoxy, I used to watch a lot of his interviews and a lot of a lot of the things that he went through where he was involved in that lifestyle. A lot of it has to do with the father wound 
right? Like, like his father was never affectionate with him. So like, he always made a point to always say like, fathers, hug your children. Like, like make sure you're affectionate with your children. Tell your children you love them and make sure, especially with your girls, you're constantly telling them how beautiful they are because they are going to go and seek that validation from somewhere. If it's not from the father. Yeah. I mean, going through the, the list, the other list about what you should say to your son, like, the the twelve things that that are listed in that list, like, I wish my dad had said, you know, all of those things to me. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Yeah, we could do we could do the son one. Well, maybe, maybe we'll just do daughters tonight, and then we'll do the son next time because it is a pretty long list. But uh, the next one is I love you. Yep. There should be no doubt about this fact. Your daughter should feel her father's love is as certain as the seasons, as predictable as the sun rising in the east. Say it so often that she is drowning in the words. Couple this with plenty of hugs and physical affection. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say like my dad was awesome with his boys, right? Like my dad taught all his boys to be men, taught all of us how to work. But he was he was never like very affectionate with my sisters. And like I my oldest is 15. And like she'll still snuggle with me and watch a movie with me, you know. Like she comes and like if I'm sitting watching TV, she'll sit in front of me. She'll be like, "Daddy, here on my back," and like I'll give her a massage on her back, stuff like that. Like that, 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 um, feeling like like appropriate affection from a father is so vitally important. Uh, I think telling them they're beautiful is important, but it really goes beyond that. They need to feel secure in their love. And that comes from physical time. Yeah. So, well, that, that was especially why I had such a great time with my girls this weekend, right? Like actually going and like spending time with, and you really got to spend one-on-one time with your daughters. Also, you can't just do it because Rob, like you have your third on the way. And what happens is it's easy to get into the habit of you come home from work and you take them all as a group to give your wife a break. Right. Like, and then you go on vacations and say you go to, you know, an amusement park with all of them. But to do things individually with your kids is so vitally important. It's like, like my wife makes me take my girls out on dates. Like she'll make me, she'll make me like aunt. Go and you know you need to go and have dinner with Sophia or something you know like if I if I forget about it so for girls their relationship with their father will be the first relationship that they have with a male and that's the stage for them going forward yeah definitely <clears throat> and also them seeing how you are with your wife mm-hmm. is really important you know it's like them seeing like like how much I love Nicole is like they they would killed to have a a husband that loved them like I love my wife. Uh, This is another reason why our culture is so bad is because it perverts these healthy parental relationships. Yeah, I mean, nothing will mess kids up like bad parents, right? I mean, you see so much of the of the the rainbow nonsense you see is because you have mothers that are basically have they have Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So like there, there used to be, if you ever watched the sixth sense, the sixth, oh, yeah. you've seen the sixth sense, right? Where the little girl comes to him because the mother was, wait a minute, Bruce Willis was dead the entire Bruce time. Willis dead the whole time. <laughs> that was a funny set of tweets. That was a good but, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so the, the daughter 
the mother was poisoning her because keeping her sick, the amount of love and attention that everybody was pouring out on her like that, it's Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So now they don't do that so much anymore as people love to say, oh, I have a furry child or I have a trans child or I have that. Like it really is a, a new Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And they say like the, the number one factor in somebody that has same sex attraction, a lot of it is an overbearing mother and an absentee or abusive father. They, there's also a study that shows that in like 70% of people who consider themselves trans, they either lost or they either lost their parent of the opposite sex or something happened where there was good fear of losing that parent, whether it was divorce or abuse, uh, abuse, serious illness, something to where they felt like that parent of the opposite sex was lost to them somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, a trans cousin and her relation, well, now him, right? But it's really her. (laughs) Her relationship with her father was abysmal. Like, it was almost like you thought she did it as a middle finger to her dad. You know, it's just, it never probably was. Whether she realizes that. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like, if if you ever saw, like, my wife is the most girly girl ever like my wife is such a girl like my sister actually said that to her one day she goes nicole you are such a girl like you're just she's a very feminine dainty girl she likes to she likes to look pretty she's just so between her as the female role model and me as the male role model like my kids there's never gonna be a question of what you know they'll never i'll never have a non-binary issue in my home that's for sure um all right what's the next one number three mimic your mother a daughter should should seek to be like her mother and her father should encourage this yeah. a daughter should hear her father praise her mother over and over it should be part of the aroma of the house and she should seek to mimic what brought such praise yeah yeah that's a great one all right what do you got next you do you do not have to pretend to be a third class man to be valuable to be a woman is a glorious thing. A daughter's femininity should be encouraged. Women have a particular type of strength and power, both of which should be cultivated with tenderness. Yeah, so let's just pause on that one for a second, because every single place you're looking in the culture at this point, every time they try to make a girl uh, like the lead role in a show or a movie, what do they have to do? They have to make her some. They have to make her masculine. She's got to be this badass chick. She'll she'll beat you up, like things like that. It's like it's so cringe-inducing at this point that I I cannot find a show that I'm willing to sit through anymore because I get through one episode and I have to turn it off. It's uh, listen to this just hammers home how awful the. Oh my goodness. You're ripping yeah. a child's world apart with divorce. It really is horrific. But yeah, like every female uh, celebrity role model, anything in the culture, they're they're not even like it's not even like they're making them into honorable men. They no. make them into a carbon copy of the crappiest men on the planet. Like that's what. And, they- and in every one of those scenarios, especially in like the superhero movies, all the men like all the other like superhero men are still better than the woman. 
So it yeah. really does make them a third class man. Yeah. Yeah. A third class man where like, if you look at Captain America versus Captain Marvel, Captain America has like a humility about him. Like there's something about like he, he, you know, he lays out of the, where Captain Marvel, when she comes in, it's like, well, I'm this badass chicken. I got everything. It's like the most mm-hmm. arrogant, obnoxious version of, a, and it's like, they think that that's like, that people want to see that. They, I, I'm still watching that stupid show, The Last of Us, which I knew. I told everybody I was you, done. You said it. after episode three, you were done. I know. I said I was going to be done, but this stupid show. I watched another episode, and this week it was the badass little girl's gonna, you know, she. So she's in a situation where she's traveling with this uh, adult man, and he's like a father figure to her. And she's in trouble and she's about to be assaulted. And uh, modern screenwriters feel like femininity is a poison. And the only cure for that is to be 100% into masculine traits, but not good masculine traits. The worst masculine traits possible is my point. So, So now this girl's about to be assaulted and you're waiting for the father figure to burst through the door and save her. So I watched like the, the after you know, after the show, they go inside the episode or whatever. So it winds up the, the father figure never comes to the door and she winds up killing the guy herself. So the, so they're explaining this in the after show and they're like, you know, everybody's sitting there and they're waiting for the for uh, Joel to come bursting through the door and save Ellie, but we wanted none of that. We were going to let Ellie be the one to get herself free. It's like these people don't understand that these tropes and stories exist for a reason it's because it's a good story and we like these archetypes like you want the the man laying down his life to save the woman like that's that's literally the archetypal story of christ and there's a reason that it works so when they try to invert these stories they don't realize that people just want to turn them off they're so unenjoyable yeah what do we got next um we have we go back to that. Uh, you will make a wonderful mother someday. A woman is a portal through which new souls enter the world and are nourished. She should not be tempted to toss aside her birthright. A father should honor motherhood and create a home where the joy of children is embraced. Yeah, I mean, this goes back to the argument I had at my in-laws, right? Where when they asked my daughter, what do you want to do You know, after high school? She said, well, I want to have a family. I want to be a mother. And they all were like, you need to worry about a career. And that turned into that whole debacle I have with my in-laws of me telling them to stop shoving feminism down my daughter's throat. If my daughter says she wants to have a family, let her see how her, like, I would never say to my daughter, she can't go to college. I wouldn't do that. If she wants to go, she can go to college. But I do encourage both my daughters to, if you're going to look for some kind of a career, make sure that it's a career that works with being a mother like if there's something you could do from home like i really think my wife has the perfect gig she does photography while the kids are at school and she can edit from home at her computer like you couldn't ask for a better scenario you know and i'm not saying that my daughters have to do that but it's the perfect scenario where my wife you know after the kids are school she sets up a photo shoot she'll go do an infant photo shoot it takes her an hour or two and then the bulk of her work is actually editing on a computer that she does from home it's it's like the yep. ideal place to have, you know, uh, your your wife working where she could work from home it, and she could make her it, own hours. It doesn't interfere. And and really the, 
a woman doesn't need to be like a a, a state so, necessarily a stay at home mom, yeah. but the you know women even when they worked it was working from home because they ran the home economy. That's what that's what an economy was. It was you know it was the economy of the home, and that's what the women were in charge of. Um, even even most men largely worked from home up until the last two hundred years. So yeah, that's true. Well, the the thing is, a woman should never have to worry about being the sole provider. Right? right. So no matter what my daughters do, it should be like a supplemental income to help her family if she has to do that. It should never be she's the sole provider, because if she's the sole provider, she'll never respect her husband. It's yep. just unnatural. You know, like it just and this was the this was the whole crux of the debate that I had with my in-laws, because my brother-in-law's sister is the sole breadwinner in her home and the husband's just I don't know what he's doing. It, and you, you you'll never convince me that there's not some tension there because of it because Um, it is unnatural it is unnatural so yeah margo you you were brought up that way where they always told you you needed to provide for yourself and look there may be a uh it may be a scenario where you do have to right like i mean it but by teaching a woman or anyone to rely only on themselves and no one else you're teaching them to not rely or or trust in god that's yeah. that's essentially what you're ending up doing. Yeah, and it's like I I never I it's I would say this to young women that like maybe do want to go to college or anything like that. I'm not saying don't do that. What I would say is never put a career ahead of a family. So like there's another show my wife and I are watching where the girl's a politician and the guy is he has a porta potty company back in Gaia, Ghana. And she's in New York and she's a politician and she's running for office and they fall in love. And he's like, my life is back in Ghana, but I want you to come with me. And she's like, I, I can't put my career on hold for you. Why don't you leave your business and you come and stay with me? And it's like, this is another show where they're going to push the feminism angle and she's going to be the one she'll never be. Go follow your heart. Like, if you really love this man, put a put a family first because you will get fulfillment from your family. You will not get fulfillment from a career. Mm-hmm. I always knew I would be a homemaker, and I used to tell people that when I was 16, it used to make my aunt's head explode. Yeah. My my brother Frankie, um, he works with me, and his wife uh, has a baby. Now her sister is a career woman, and my brother is working and letting his wife stay home to raise the kid. And her sister is giving her so much crap that she's not working. And it's like, why, why would she go back to work? Like she has babies in that. Like, what are you mm. talking about? If my brother's able to provide, why would she go back to work unless she needed to? It's, it's one thing if it's necessity, but if it's not necessity. It's like how, how many people can name the president of the United States that was in office when their great grandparents was alive? what, maybe 5 to 10% of people can do that? But even then, that's like, how, so how many people even remember the leader of the entire country at that point, let alone anyone else? Yeah. But how many people have heard one or two stories about their great-grandparent? Yeah. You know, no no, no, yeah. no one working at the company you're working for now, 50 years from now when you're retired is going to remember you. you but know, your grandkids will. Your grandkids your great-grandkids will. Great-grandkids might. Stories to tell. You know what I mean? Like, there's a there's actually like a, a 
a family tree book that I want to get with my kids, like for my kids and before my, before my dad and because my grandfather, both my grandfather's passed, but I still have a grandmother alive, but I would love to get, it's like a, it's like a family tree book, but they also like you go and you bring it to your grandmother and have her write a little something in it. Mm-hmm. And then my dad, I'd have him write something and then I would write something to my son and then he would write something to his son. And it would just be a cool thing to have come down through the the male heir and just keep handing it down to your male heir, hand it down to your male heir. Like uh, this last week, uh, my mom found CDs that um, were made from my grandpa's old uh, slides, photo slides, you know, that you'd put in an old projector. Um, so they had been digitalized on a CD about 10 years ago, and I took them and moved them over to a flash drive since no yeah. computers have CD drives now. But, like, I'm, you know, we're going through these 1,600 photos, and, you know, it's my it's at my my mom and her brothers and sisters as kids. So my grandpa is probably 40, 40 or so in the pictures, and, like, the, my great-grandparents are in the pictures. You know, my, like, my great-grandma, I've never, I never met. She died before I was born yet. Yeah, you know, we're going through these. I'm seeing pictures of them. I'm hearing stories from my mom. And you're not going to get that from a career. You, It's just. Yeah, no way. No way. And it's like there's 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 such a fulfillment. Like I, I like I, I tell I tell my wife, like, because she's always like, I feel so bad for you that you got to sit in all that traffic and your whole life is your job. And I'm like, no, it's not. My whole life is here. Like this is like, I don't even, I don't even mind my job. I do what I got to do. I go and I get it done. But like walking into this is what makes every nonsense thing I deal with worth it. It's like, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm a man. I'm supposed to go and break my ass and go and sit in traffic. <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's what I'm supposed to do. It's funny. Cause like, even with, um, uh, like when we order food or if we do anything like, Oh, oh like when we went skiing, right. When we were coming back to the house, everybody's like, I got to get in the shower. I got to get in the shower. So I, they're all like, there was only one shower in the Airbnb we got. It was, you know, it was a beautiful house. There was only one bathroom. Right. So we get in the car and I go, I got the last shower because <laughs> I knew they were going to fight over the first shower. <laughs> but it's like, of course I'm taking the last it's shower. It's just part of being a dad. Yeah. You just always sacrifice and let the girls go first. And then, after after they everybody got out, we were sitting in the den. We had you know after dinner, and I was rubbing the girls' backs and their feet because everybody's feet hurt and their legs hurt and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like th- those are the most joyful things you can do as a dad. It's like, yep. <clears throat> what do we got next? Yeah, that's on for sure. uh, the world owes you nothing, but your husband owes you loyalty and love. A daughter should expect a man to treat her no less than her father. A father sets the bar of what a daughter should expect, and the bar should be set high. I'll tell you, man, I don't know if, like, I've, I don't lose my temper on my kids ever. Like, I have this unbelievable patience when it comes to my kids that I don't have with my wife. (laughs) It's like, that woman can frustrate me so quickly, (laughs) but my kids, I'm like, this gentle and like my wife will be flipping out screaming at them i'm like just relax calm down it's not that big of a deal she's like i hate you that you're so patient with them (laughs) (laughs) what's next um put on some more clothes (laughs) Mm. uh, uh, no i 
<laughs> this is every every dad that's got a teenager. Look, my daughter has all these sweet 16s coming up. My other daughter's got bar mitzvahs this year. So that's what you get. You get the you get the bar mitzvahs and you get the sweet 16s coming. And my daughter, uh, the first sweet 16 she went to, uh, her, her dress was above her knees. And I said, take that thing off. Go back in. I have two rules. No cleavage. And the skirt's got to be below your knees. Those are my rules. You don't like them. I don't know what to tell you. You're not going to. You mean you let them show shoulders and ankles? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not. uh, I'm, I just want it to be modest. It doesn't. Bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah. I don't know what it is. Which one's the girls? I, I think she's, she, I think she's surprised you let your kids do Amish things. Look. We're an inclusive family in 2023. <laughs> we all heard about the argument you had with your in-laws. Well, listen, I, I let them go to one of those, and they come home, and I tell them, as long as you never marry one of them, we're all right. Don't worry. <laughs> Everything's fine. As long as you don't marry one, we're good. Don't worry. You could go uh, to a little party. Don't worry. You could go, you know... Break some plates. Who yeah, cares? you want to smash a glass and a napkin. That's all fine. Just don't bring one home for marriage. That's all I care about. Uh, okay. A daughter will be tempted to draw attention to herself, and a father must call her out on it. The father should be in charge of the wardrobe. He knows what boys are like. Mothers and daughters are often naive about these facts, and that is so true. Women do not get it. They cannot yeah. get it. No, they don't. They don't know. And the thing is, when you try to explain it, they they think you're talking about yourself. And it's like, no, do you have any idea the prayer that goes into practicing custody of the eyes and not being a degenerate like every other man? Like, you're not meeting that guy out there right now. That's all I'm telling you. And it's going to be difficult for you to meet that guy. Like, but this I'm, this was true 100 years ago. Imagine how yeah. much more true it is today. Yeah. And it's like the, the conversation... Um, that I, that I had with my daughter recently was just explaining how the most godlike thing that we can do is the marital act. Like it's, it's like the, there was a Scott Hahn talk where he talked about it and he said, look, sex isn't good. Uh, You know, it's not great. Frosted flakes are great. You know, sex is holy. And it's like, it's such a, such a, uh, it's such a godlike thing that when the two become one, nine months later, you have to give it a name. Like that's like love is life giving. And yeah. there's nothing more godlike. There's no way to participate in the divine more than when husband and wife come together and you create new life. Like it's literally the most holy thing that you can do. Now that doesn't, you know, I mean, it's, it's just the idea that like you don't give that away. Like that is something so precious that you only get to give away one time. And the the conversation was I know everybody around you tells you it's impossible to wait, but you have to make up your mind. And you have to say to yourself, I am not doing this until marriage. And if you just say I am not doing this until marriage, you'll stick to it. There are plenty of people who do it. But if you put it in your head that oh, maybe I'll have the slip up, you'll never make it. It'll never happen. And I mean, not to be like overly practical or utilitarian. One thing that makes it easier is like not waiting as long as people do these days. Like, get married young. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. No, seriously. So it's like when we, even when I'm talking to my son, I'm like, Nick, you need to really be thinking about like a career early on. Like you need to, you know, you're in 11th grade, but you should be thinking, what do I want to do? Because you need to get your act together so that you can provide for a family. Your sisters don't need to be the sole provider, but you do. So you need to really be thinking, because if you really don't want to wait until you're 35 and you want to get married at 21, 22, you really got to figure this out. It's not easy being a guy <laughs> and a lot of responsibility. I think, and I think that's one thing that um, makes the whole push for everyone to attend college really kind of rather diabolical. Cause now you're pushing off. You really are pushing off marriage and children at least another four, four years. Right. If not Maybe longer, more, cause yeah. then, then they have to get established after college. And like, suddenly you really are in your late twenties before you yes. think you're even remotely ready. Yeah, so Molly says that's why the trade should be encouraged because at the end of the day, that is guys getting married before they can support yeah. uh, even just his wife. So the thing is, my son has my job to fall back on if he needed it, right? Like, like if he needed to, he could come and work at the company I work for. It's my uncle's company. So I wish my father made the point of getting established earlier so I could be in the provider role sooner. Yeah, that's definitely. So, um, like he has that as a backup, but ideally for my son, I would like for him to figure out something he likes to do and start a business. Like I want yeah. him to have that entrepreneurial spirit. Like there's just got to be something that he clicks with that I, even if I can help him with it, I want to, ideally that's because anytime you can provide for yourself and you're not reliant on someone else, that obviously that's better. You yeah. Know what and, I mean, like, and the thing, the thing about my job is it, yeah, all right, it pays well, but it really is a lot of commuting and it's not a lot of time off. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's a, it's a lot. My job really does tax your physical being. Like I, it, there's a reason why I could retire at 55 is because I don't think my body would make it much longer than that. You know, you're doing hmm. physical, physical work your whole life. It's, it's rough. Um, Jenny says her son is a junior you should see the homecoming dresses these girls. Oh, my son's a junior also. I see them. Hmm. And my daughter, my daughter's a, a freshman. Have you seen this stuff like the freshman girls are wearing? It's crazy. Yeah. Like it, it's it's like they all think they're one of the Kardashians at 13, 14 years old now. And there's mothers encouraging it. And the fathers don't say anything. The fathers just sit there like Rrr. they're like they're afraid to talk to their daughters. It's crazy. They're afraid they'll be seen as a caveman. Yeah. Yeah. They're all terrified of their wives is what it really is. Yeah. And if you don't want to, <laughs> yeah. like too many men are terrified of their wives, afraid to speak up and say something because their wives will lose it on them. So uh, what's the next one? Respect what? Respect the strength of your brothers. A daughter must know that her brothers will one day be men. She may be able to overpower them now, but that will not always be true. She might need their strength one day, so she should start respecting them as early as possible. Yeah, I'm going to say something about um, siblings, um, because I've seen I've seen this in a lot of families where the parents don't even mean to do it, but they they build a, a competition between the kids and. Like when you, if you say something like, why can't you be more like your sibling? Why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you be more like your brother? You have no idea the trauma that you're giving to your kids. Yeah. So to, to see that 
see that in some relationships I have, as opposed to how my mother raised us. Like my mother raised us where I, I think I've you said know, it before, it, but like if I did something wrong, if, if me and my brother are fighting, she'll convince me I was wrong, convince him he was wrong. And we both yeah. come in apologizing to one another. Or, Never was there competition. Or or instead of saying, Why can't you be more like your brother? You can be like, Why don't you go see how your brother can help you do this better? Yeah. You know, because yeah, but, they're a team. I mean, family that's what a family is, right? You gotta be the there for each other. Part of being a dad is keeping your family together. Like it's the most important thing you do. And that's what actually determines whether you had a successful life or not. So my parents ruined my relationship with my siblings by setting me up as the public example, always a competition. It's, it's, it's such an, a, a thing that's not discussed nearly enough, but I've, I've seen it in obviously my wife's family. <laughs> so my, my, my wife's mother and I adore my mother-in-law. She doesn't mean to do it. But what she'll do is like my 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 wife's one sister has a lot of money. So uh, you're talking like I mean I think I put pictures. Oh, of I've, like there on the I I know yeah uh, you've told me this story. Millionaire, ruthless millionaire. Yeah. So her mother will talk to my wife and her sister and be like, "Can you believe Chelsea got this? Oh my god, Chelsea got this! Oh my god, Chelsea got." This. Now she doesn't mean anything by it, but the other daughters are sitting there and being like, "So what? Like my." my ranch isn't enough. Like my, my one story house isn't enough. You need this exotic, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, you don't realize that you could do that to your kids. It's, it's not intentional. So I don't want to put malice on my mother-in-law's part. It's just, you have to be very careful not to do that with your kids. It's, it's like any, any team or organization, right? As the leader, you, you can't tear people down in front of other people. Yeah. You can't tear a brother down in front of his siblings. You, you yeah, know. that's a that's a good point. Because because you're leading them. Yeah, it's like my 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 son, my oldest son, and my oldest daughter. Like they would always fight when they were younger, and there was a turning point where now, like, they kind of have the same friends, and instead of fighting, like when I got mad at my son recently, my daughter stuck up for him. And I was like, it was like the greatest moment. I was, was going like, to say, that's awesome. They're no longer enemies. They're now teammates, you know? And it's like, there's no, there's nothing better as a parent than when you see your kids becoming team, teammates instead of, you know, uh, you know, uh, in competition with one another. Yeah. Rick, that's sad, man. Like, I, I honestly, I've, I when I hear stuff like that, it makes me so sad because I have such a tight, close family. I have eight siblings and Every one of us talk all the time. Every time we have a little get together, it turns into a huge party because there's so many of us. Like my brothers, if I called them right now and asked them to do anything for me, they'd drop what they were doing and they would come for me. Like it's, it really is an amazing thing to have a close family that's all there for each other. I know it's not always doable. I know there's a lot of times you have to cut people out of your lives because they're just toxic. And sometimes you have a toxic sibling and it's just, you have no choice but to cut them out of your life. But if it's at all salvageable, you should always try. Mm-hmm. Number nine, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. So just to remind every th- everyone, these are things a father should say to his daughters. Not so his I'm wife. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 she should be coming to you for forgiveness. <laughs> um, um, that, every father. 
<laughs> I was channeling my inner Anthony for that. Um, every father messes up. Every father gets impatient. Every father has moments of weakness. Every father fails. For daughters, these mistakes can cut deep. Uh, can cut deeper than for sons. Tenderness and humility are required. Yeah. So Rick says he's a lot younger than his other siblings, and that does play a part. So I, I think I was telling, I, th- I think I might even said it on the show. Like my so because there's nine of us, there's uh, the older four. So it's like my sister Michelle's forty five, Dom's forty three, I'm forty, Mikey's thirty nine. Then there's an eight year gap. Joey's thirty one, Teresa's twenty nine. Chrissy's 28, Janine's 27, and Frankie's 23. Or it's like, you know, it's like that, that, but there's an eight year gap. Now, my brother Frankie's 23. I'm 40. We're 17 years apart. I didn't Jesus. know Frank. I didn't know Frankie. Gen Z. Yeah, dude, I didn't know him. My, my son is 17 and Frankie's 23. They're only six years apart. Me and my brother are 17 years apart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm closer in age. My son is closer in age to him than I am. But there was, so when I was getting married, Frankie was like six years old, you know? So I was out of the house starting to have my own kids and Frankie was still a baby at my mom's house. So until he hit his teen years and when he was like 14, that's when I started to pick him up and take him to come and hang out. And he would come and, you know, I would take him snowboarding, just me and my brother, just to have that time to spend with him. You know, it's, it really is difficult to have a big family and to keep everybody together. It's not an easy thing. Uh, I can imagine. Uh, 10. I'm listening Mm -hmm. with full attention and full eye contact. No phone, no TV. A daughter must have her father's full attention when required. And a father owes her that. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a hard one in today's modern era, man. Got to put your stupid phone down when your kids need you. Yeah. It it is hard. And like when I, I'll notice when I'm doing it and it just makes me feel terrible. You know what I mean? It's like they deserve more than that. Uh, What's the next one? Your words have the power of life and death. Use them wisely. A daughter must be taught that her words matter. They can cut and they can heal. They can build her house up or tear it down. A father must teach his daughter not to whine, not to nag, not to gossip. Um, I have news for you. You can teach your daughter that all you want. She's a woman. It's in her nature. She's going to nag. She's going to gossip. She's going to whine. But that's what, so that's why it's on this list and not on the the list for sons. (laughs) You know, because, well, because, because guys, when they, when they want to tear someone down, it'll come to blows, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, but women (laughs) will use their words. And I think, you know, there's a whole um... women are professional complainers. <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, women gossip. They all do. Um, it, it, look, <laughs> the, <clears throat> the complaining thing. It's like, oh man, it, it's not. It's not. It's every woman is just like this. It's like they they they're always looking at what they want instead of what they have. It's like, just just take a look at what you have and be grateful for what you have. Stop worrying about what you want or what you need. And I know it's not all women. I'm obviously speaking in generalizations. But gossip's a hard one for ladies. 
especially online these days, right? Gossip, yeah, hard to avoid for women, Go- but nagging. Gossip is hard for about that. I refuse to nag Samantha. I don't believe you. Careful, she might nag you for it. <laughs> I've hurt people with words and relationships that never recover. It's something I wish my dad taught me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always think it's um, crazy how many women actually. Uh, watch our show because it's i think like the analytics on youtube in general are like it's like 75 percent male right and when you look at our male. show we have a we have a pretty even split it's like 60 40 male to female yeah I'm, it's I'm, I'm uh surprised by that because everybody always says i'm a i'm a chauvinist and i'm a misogynist it, and all this stuff and but. you know what's funny the chat Maybe this isn't so surprising considering what we're talking about, but the chat is definitely 70% women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tonight it is. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but number 12, I think that they like, I, I think that um, there's not many, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to say that. Like, I, I don't know. I love that. I love that women watch our show. Like I don't ever want it to just be some, you know, and here Tim but... Flanders thinks you make fun of women too much. <laughs> I just think when when guys guys have no women around, it gets ruthless real quick. <laughs> like, yeah. We don't have any boundaries and things devolve real quick. So how many we got left? One or two? Two more. Okay, uh, number 12. Your household will need you. A cubicle farm will not. The uh, C.S. Lewis said the homemaker has the ultimate career. All other careers exist for one purpose only, and that is to support the ultimate career. That's um, a great quote. The, like the only reason to have a career is to support, you know, your home. That that really yeah. is like there's no other reason. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And it's like, I don't want to just write off like all my wife does is clean and stuff. It's like, if you knew what it takes to actually run a home and make sure the kids are where they're supposed to be and that like, like, dude, I, I'm not even kidding. Like we're, me and my wife are going away tomorrow or Thursday. We're leaving Thursday when I get home till Sunday. My kids have dance every day while we're gone. My kids like have all these things they have to do. My wife got them rides to everything like there's different people picking them up on different days to make sure they get dropped off they're staying at my mom's one night her mom's one night her sister's the other night it's like my wife has that stuff down so well too bad uh too bad your son didn't have a car i know he could have helped yeah. he could have drove them okay last one do not marry a man who can't tell you no a man who <laughs> can't stand up to his wife is a man who won't stand up for his wife a daughter must be taught to seek out men with backbones men who are dangerous in the right way life is too short to waste on wimps he won't say no to you he also won't say no to temptation that's what i would say if he's too big of a coward to say no to you he will not put that porn addiction down nor will he say no to an Italian who calls at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning asking to do a podcast with him. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to put your foot down and say no. I'm very pushy. I don't take no for an answer. So you could have said no. I wouldn't have accepted it. <laughs> I kind of felt like no wasn't going to work. So. No. 
I just knew this was going to work well. Don't worry. We got this all. <laughs> um, Samantha says, yes. And fathers teach your daughters to accept leadership of a man. This is a hard lesson for girls today if their dads didn't show it. Yeah, look, I mean, you, you of course, want to make sure your, your daughter meets a good man, which is a lot more difficult these days than it ever was. My dad absolutely is a yes, dear man to my stepmom, and it always bothered me. My husband is definitely not afraid to tell me no, and I love that. Yeah, like, look, women want – there's a couple of things about, like, all the joking around about what we say about marriage advice and stuff. It's like you have to be an exciting husband. Like, you can't be this pushover. No girl wants – like, women think they want a man who does what they say, but they actually don't. Like, a woman wants to be told no if she's doing something wrong. And she also wants a man who's going to take her to do exciting things. Like you still, you have to always treat your, your marriage. Like you're still dating. And that's, that's one that men drop the ball on a lot. Like men think like once they're married, they could just like let whatever happen now. That's it. All right. I got the wife. That's it. Like, no, you still have to like sweep your girl off her feet once in a while and remind her that you guys are still best friends and remind her that you're still fun to hang with and you guys still can have a good time together. It's really tricky after, I mean, me and Nicole are 18 uh, years this year. I'm telling you, July. it's it's really tricky when you have young kids. Well, when you have little ones, of we course. We are finding definitely. it so hard. And, and especially if you are not close to, like, in-laws that can watch the kids overnight. And, that, and especially you're going to have an infant right like you're going to have an infant so what 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 hope that i realized before. so you might you might get to play babysitter while we're in michigan cuz i realize that's going to be our 6th anniversary that weekend oh i would dude i will take your kids i'll take them to do something we'll we'll do something while you guys go yeah I mean, she's going to have the baby at that point though right uh-huh so the baby will probably come with wherever we go. If you take the baby, I'll take the boys. Me and the boys will go do something fun. Oh, I'll take them bowling gosh. or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll find go-karting. I'll take them somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and the other thing is, like, once, you're, once your kids... So, like, for my, my parents, because they had the eight-year gap between um, Mikey and Joey, they had four babysitters at their ready. Yeah. Like when they wanted to go do something, like they had four, uh, you know, teenage babysitters whenever they needed it. My parents never had to pay for it. I never had a babysitter. Me and my oldest son. <laughs> but all right, we're coming up we, on an uh, hour and a half. Do we want yeah. to play any of those videos before we get off? Do we have any other? Do we want to show a funny one? Um, do the, do the wheelie one. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Do the wheelie one. You guys are going to love this one. This one's funny. Let's see. Let me get it set up. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) The music is great. Uh, all right, so Margo wants oh. a trivia update. Um, here's the thing. Oh. Here's the thing about trivia. Uh, this kid Kyle came on trivia a couple months back, and um, I let him guest host. 
and I competed. We did Bible trivia, and uh, I I did. I don't think I won that episode. I think I did. Either way, <laughs> Kyle went and cut up a bunch of clips to make me look stupid and put them on his channel. Ever since worked, then, I, told, I told Kyle he's never coming to host trivia again. Uh, I tell Rob I'm going away Thursday. This is no Thursday show. And I find out these guys are planning trivia behind my back while I'm gone. How did you find that out? Well, I'm just, I, I, I'm people are asking me what, like, oh, do I have the link for trivia for Friday? I'm like, what do you mean trivia Friday? Who's doing trivia Friday? So you guys think it's okay to steal my show. I think that's what's going on. I think you guys, I think you guys are trying to steal my creation. Well, you've, you've admitted how you're, you know, you've, you're not much into it lately. I'm not, but that doesn't give Kyle the right to steal my gig as the host of So You Think You Know the Fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Nah, I, I, I would love to keep this bit going and act like I'm I was going <laughs> <laughs> well, to go all the way with it. <laughs> I was ready I mean, to kick you off the stream and end the I show. Really, I was really going to try to like act mad. I mean, you have a fight on air and we'll end the show in a fight and then I don't come back until next week. You guys do trivia and make it all awkward and maybe we'll get some people. Like, look, here's the thing. The show's not growing fast enough. So I think we have to do something. So like, I think Rob needs to get arrested at a Planned Parenthood or something. Like, that's my plan. Like, Rob needs to take one for the team and get arrested. I would do it if you were there with me. But I know I'm just being set up to take the fall. <laughs> Maybe when we go to Michigan, we'll do it together. Oh, um, I'm for it. So, all right. So here's the thing. I'm going away with Nicole, um, leaving Thursday morning. So I am letting Rob take the reins while I'm gone. And Kyle will be hosting. Now, last time Kyle hosted, out of the 20 questions, the contestants knew two of them. So <laughs> Matt's Fra- Matt Frad's producer, so, who nobody knows because he's never on screen, will be on the show. So his name is not actually Thursday, I would assume, but that's what they call him. But what he will they be on Thursday. I don't know. Hmm. It's a I don't know. I was hoping I was hoping Kyle with his connections over at the Pints with Aquinas crew would have got us a meeting. Or did, didn't Kyle tell us that when uh, the night of that debate, he's sitting in a room somewhere there in Steubenville and Trent Horn walks in and goes, oh, hi, Kyle. Dude, you can't get Trent Horn on for trivia. Basis. Yeah. Okay. Not even that. Like, you're going to tell me Frad watched the clip of me telling the story of meeting him and he didn't think it was funny. Like, what got, like that, that makes me not like that. Well, to be fair, the reason Thursday can come on Friday... Uh, yeah, Thursday come on Friday <laughs> is because you're not going to be there, and there's that whole something something restraining order from the, with the Italian. <laughs> uh, Rick says doesn't matter as long as y'all watch news from the view. I don't care. <laughs> Rick, what what time are you guys doing news from the pew? If it's at Wait. eight central, I can redirect everyone over there. Kyle has an interview with who? I don't know if he means Thursday. Because he did do an interview with Thursday, or maybe he means Trentorn. I'm not sure. Either way, it's not helping us. So um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you guys <laughs> do you guys have a theme for Friday show or just general trivia? 
So he's going to come up with the questions. I offered to, but he said he was going to. Um, so I don't know if there's a theme or not. We're just going to we're gonna go for it. I think for the most part, it's going to be the normal crew. I still have to talk to Darren, but I would imagine Darren's going to be there. But uh, Connor said he was in. Mark from Tradman said he was in. Jason, you never know. He might be in Mecca or Medina. If you guys want to keep the show uh, on the tracks, I would say, Jason, we don't need you this week. Uh, yeah, Mrs. C, I'd say Trent's kind of like a... Nah, take him away. Yeah. He he wouldn't uh he wouldn't get the the vibe we're going for. Nah. He's too like nah. <laughs> like the funny yeah. one in that relationship is clearly his wife. Right? I mean True. I she would be fun. She'd be yeah, fun on the show. She would be good on trivia. Trent, not so much. I mean, I don't need some guy on my show with a pacifier and I don't know. That was a weird thing that he did. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. I uh, know. Why do why do Australians do that? I know. Like their nose or no. Are they saying something or is it yeah, just... like if they're saying oh no, they go, I know. It's weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I or Canadians do the A. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but like what? to say no and say no, no. I know. <laughs> I think Steven's cats are typing. Oh, cool. Let's so get a rainbow flag on that. All right. So, yeah. So, Friday night <laughs> trivia will be on Meaning a Catholic. Uh, guys, please like, subscribe, share the video, man. Like, you guys don't realize how much sharing the video actually helps. Like, if you go on Twitter and you say, dude, you guys got to check this podcast out, it's actually really good. Like, why do you check a podcast out? You check it out because somebody referred you to it. It's not very often you check a new thing out uh, unless, unless uh, there's somebody you connected. Every podcast I've started watching or listening to, I saw, you know, recommended to me a dozen times before that and just never did it. But then someone said something about it. Yeah. 100%. Or someone sent it to me. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, oh, Rob, you got to hear this, uh, you know, uh, history podcast we're listening to check it out then you check it out and then next thing you know you're listening to it and so yeah guys please share our videos and tell everybody how amazing we are especially <laughs> if they're influential people yes <laughs> kyle i'll let you host trivia every time if you get us the math right interview that's the deal. Or, or Scott Hahn, since you know Scott his son. Oh, I, want, I, I would literally push Matt Fred in front of a garbage truck to get a Scott Hahn interview. And there goes our chance with Fred. <laughs> again. <laughs> All right, take us out. Oh, man, such a train wreck. <laughs>